New Year's greetings to all of you. As we begin this new year, let me ask you a question. Are you yearning for the return of Jesus? Are you hoping this will be the year when he will appear in the heavens? If not, why not? Stay tuned for four Bible prophecy experts who will give you six reasons why all Christians should be yearning for the soon return of Jesus. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope. I'm Dave Reagan, Senior Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. You know, folks, the writings of the early church fathers reveal that during the first 300 years of the church, Christians often prayed Maranatha. That is an Aramaic expression that means, O Lord, come. The enthusiasm for the Lord's soon return seemed to die out around 400 A.D., and for most of Christendom, I'm sorry to say, that desire has never been rekindled. Most Christians today seem to be yawning rather than yearning for the Lord's soon return. Now, in a moment, I'm going to lead a discussion with some Bible prophecy teachers about why all of you who profess to be Christians should earnestly desire that this year will prove to be the year when the church will be raptured out of this world. But first... Let me introduce you to our panel members. This is my associate, Dennis Pollack. He serves as the co-host of this program. And joining Dennis and me this week are two very special group, uh, guests. One is Don Perkins. Don is a native of Louisiana who now lives in the San Diego area. He's the founder and director of a ministry called According to Prophecy. We're glad to have you with us, Don. Glad to be Thanks here, Thanks for coming all the way from California. Glad to be here. Glad to be our here. other special guest is another native of Louisiana. He is Don McGee founder and director of Crown and Sickle Ministries in Meet, Louisiana. Don, we're glad to have you with us. It's sure good to be here. You know, it just occurred to me, fellas, that uh, both of you are named Don. Both of you originate in the state of Louisiana. Both of you are Bible prophecy teachers. Man alive, this think, is something else, isn't it? I think it's in the water. It's in the water, Folks, we believe that the return of Jesus is going to occur in two stages. The first, which could occur any moment, is called the rapture. It will take place when Jesus appears in the heavens to take his church, both the living and the dead, out of this world. The second stage will be the second coming when Jesus returns to this earth with his church to reign for a thousand years. Now, I believe that most Christians are apathetic about the return of Jesus because they are ignorant of what is going to happen when he comes back. I know that was my case for many years. Think of it this way. How can you get excited about an event that you know nothing about? For example, how can you get all pent up with excitement about a surprise birthday party? Well, you can't if it's truly a surprise. My personal apathy about the Lord's return rapidly dissipated when I discovered what is going to happen when Jesus returns to this earth. I want to share with you six reasons why I am yearning for the Lord's soon return. And the first is that I want to see Jesus. That's right, Jesus receive what he has been promised and what he deserves, namely honor, glory, and power. Well, what about it, fellas? Who wants to jump in first? I want to jump in first. I'm excited <laughs> about that because I want to experience uh, my Lord. I want to physically be able to touch my Lord. I want to touch those nail-scarred hands. Mm -hmm. I, want, I want to hug him. I want to show him that I appreciate what he did for me. You know, I want to see him the way the disciples saw him after his resurrection. I, I can't wait. I mean, I want to literally 
see my Lord. I think you're in love with Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. <laughs> I'm in love with Jesus. What about it, fellas? Any others? Dave, the last time the world saw Jesus, uh, now his disciples saw him after his resurrection, but the last time that the world saw Jesus, he didn't look very good. He was being mocked, ridiculed, crucified. He had been whipped. Uh, he had endured the rejection of basically the whole world that, that he uh, ministered to. The next time the world sees Jesus, not the church, but the world, when he comes back, uh, he's going to come in glory, and he's going to reign in glory. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, The moon will be disgraced, and the sun will be ashamed, for the Lord of hosts, this is Jesus, is going to reign on Mount Zion gloriously. Well, I think it's saying that his glory is going to be so awesome as the king over the whole earth. You're going to look at the sun and the moon and think, you know, that's nothing because of the glory of the Lord. It's good, it's right that, that the world should see our Lord in a glorified form. And I'm convinced that God has intended, he has promised that in his scriptures, that his son will be glorified in history, in, yes. in the world. Fellas, there is a second reason that I want to see the Lord return, and that is because I want to see Satan receive what he deserves, namely total defeat, dishonor, and humiliation. Well, what about it, guys? You know, if you look at this from the beginning, going back to Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, you see that, the, that, that sin began in heaven. Sin did not begin in the Garden of Eden. It was in heaven. And because of Satan's pride, he, he has caused us, the human race, to experience everything that we have experienced today in regard to war and pain and suffering and things of that nature. And I, as a man that just simply likes to see justice served at an, at an eventual point in time, I want to see him get what he deserves. Amen. 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 <laughs> I don't know how you put any better than that. Amen. You know, Dave, I'm a connoisseur of Westerns, or it used to be. And a good Western is always built on the premise that you have some evil, horrible, really, really bad, rotten guy come in and just bully people around. And then finally, the good guy does away with him. Amen. The Calvary Yeah, comes. the Calvary Cubs, <laughs> yes. or Clint yes. Eastwood, or whoever. <laughs> Satan is the cosmic bully. He's been creating all these miseries and, and war and crime and birth defects and all the, the evil, the ugliness that's in the world. He is going to get what he deserves when our Lord comes back. And, uh, and the book of Revelation makes that very clear, fellas. Uh, yes. uh, it's so discouraging to me to see how many Christians have never even read the book of Revelation. Yes. It's like reading a great novel, never reading how it all ends. Yes. The book of Revelation says, we win in the end. Yes. Satan Amen. is going Amen. to be destroyed. Well, there's a third reason that I'd like to see the Lord come back this year, and that is because I want to see creation, creation receive what it has been promised, and that is regeneration, yes. restoration, renewal, and refreshment. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that all mean? Well, the Bible tells us, according to Peter, that we look for a new heaven, a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. You know, this world that we live in, live in today, uh, the, the very rose bush, uh, the fact that we have thorns is part of the curse. You know, I'm looking for a new creation where in the new world, I believe the rose bush would not have thorns because the curse will be done away with. Uh, I'm looking for a, a, a brand new world without death and, and sickness. Uh, it's, we've been promised that. The Bible said the creation groans and travails. Yeah. The, the creation is waiting for this change, and it will happen as a result of, of Jesus coming back. And that's all a result of a curse that God placed yes. upon the earth in response to man's sin. Yes. The, the creation was originally perfect. And then, as a result of man's sin, it was corrupted. Yes. And, and you know, I, when I was growing up, I, I was taught that when Jesus Christ came back, the whole universe was just going to cease to exist. There'd be a big bang. It all ceased to exist. And we'd go off and we live in this ethereal <laughs> world where we become one with, with God. It was sort of an Eastern religion concept. But, but our Bible is, uh, uh, the, the creation is not going to cease to exist. No. Is it if, if, it, if it does, Dave, then, then God failed. 
He actually failed because he did not create this, this world that we live in to, to, to cease to exist because of those reasons. Yeah. I, I think of uh, the farmers of our world. I think those people can appreciate this promise perhaps more than anyone else. And if anyone has ever had to eke out a living from the ground, then they can appreciate the curse that has been placed upon this earth. And what a glorious day it will be when the thorns and the thistles will no longer be there and the mosquitoes yes. won't bite. And, 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 and being from South Louisiana, we can appreciate that. Yeah. 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 I got it one time and I was preaching on this. Boy, I want the Lord to come back so that that curse will be lifted and the creation will be perfected. And my wife happened to be there. She didn't get to travel with me much because she's a school teacher, but she was there. And, and I got so carried away, I said, folks, I, let me just put it this way. When the Lord comes back, the chiggers will be done away with. I hate chiggers. I hate them with a passion. Now, some of the folks watching this program up north may not know what a chigger is, but the we little don't. microscopic things crawl up your leg and bite you and make you itch and hurt all over. Well, that night as we were driving home, my wife was very quiet. And I, I finally turned to her. I said, Ann, is there something wrong? She said, I cannot believe what you said about the chiggers. I said, well, I did get a little carried away. She said, no, that's not the point at all. I said, well, what is the point? She said, honey, the point is that God is not going to do away with the chiggers when Jesus Christ returns. He's going to make you lie down with the chiggers. <laughs> well, I hope he defangs those little boogers first. <laughs> it may be your charge in eternity to rule over the chiggers. Oh, you never yeah. know. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. But I tell you, fellas, I look forward to a world in which uh, man will no longer strive against nature. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a world in which there's perfect peace in the animal kingdom, no carnivorous animals, no poisonous plants. Yes. And we, we can live in perfect peace. We've lived so long in this unnatural state. We've assumed that it is nature, that it is, is natural, yes. that it's natural that there should be poison ivy and poison oak and chiggers and mosquitoes and the carniv <laughs> carnivorous animals and so forth. It's unnatural. Yes. All of this is unnatural. Yes. And one of these days when Christ returns, he's going to bring things back to the state that God originally intended. And we're going to see just how an unnatural world we lived in. You know, this all relates back to something we're told about in the Old Testament that I don't think most Christians have noticed, and that is that once a year the high priest went into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled that blood on the, on the uh, mercy seat, and it was a symbol that one day the Messiah would die and his blood would make it possible for the grace of God to cover the law of God which was inside that Ark of the Covenant. But what most people don't notice is it also says that he stepped back and sprinkled the blood on the ground. Yes. And that was to signify that the death of the Messiah was also going to be uh, for the redemption of all of God's creation. Yes. I wish that were preached more. I wish I heard that more. All of God's creation. Yes. We seem to believe the earth and the world, the physical world, out of everything. It's that Greek mentality. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you you mentioned this before, is. Don, yeah. that the Greek mentality is Anything material is evil. Yeah. But the Bible teaches it was all created perfect, yes. corrupted by the sin of man, and that God is determined that one of these days he'll, redeem. he'll be redeem it and set it back to its perfection. And I can hardly wait for that to happen. Dave, I want to add one thing. First Corinthians uh, 15, 19 says, If we have hope in this life only, we are men most miserable. Even in Christ. The scripture goes on, to, it, it lets us know that, that even in this present world, this is not the end. So all of our hopes should not be in this present world. We, we have a world that is to come, and that is a world, uh, a new created world by Christ, which is this world regenerated. Amen. <laughs> well, before we consider three more reasons why every Christian should be yearning for the soon return of Jesus, let's pause for an announcement about a Bible prophecy study resource. The Christ in Prophecy Study Guide is one of the most popular and valuable publications that Dr. David Reagan has ever written, and it's filled with information and tools to help you understand Bible prophecy. This guide is used worldwide and is the product of over seven years of intense study by Dr. David Reagan. 
Using this guide will build your faith and strengthen your interest in Bible prophecy as you discover the 108 prophecies that foretold very specific facts about the birth and life of Jesus Christ. As you discover how faithful God was to keep His promises in the past, it will help you look forward with excitement to the fulfillment of over 500 prophecies about Jesus' second coming. Clear, logical charts and illustrations like this one about the Jewish feasts make learning the facts and meaning of the Scriptures a joy. The Bible Prophecy Study Guide also contains two tools that you will use over and over. The Topical Index allows you to find important scriptures related to every significant theme found in Scripture. And the Scripture Index will direct you to every page of the guide that pertains to the Scripture that you are studying. And you can get your copy of the Christ and Prophecy Study Guide for a gift of $15 or more. Just call 1-800-225-7977. Okay, let's take a moment to review. We are discussing six reasons why all Christians should desire the soon return of Jesus. And thus far, we have mentioned three. And the first is that Jesus might receive what he had been promised, namely honor, glory, and power over all the kingdoms of the earth. The second is that Satan might receive what he deserves, namely total defeat, dishonor, and humiliation. And the third is that the creation might receive what it has been promised, namely regeneration, restoration, and refreshment. A fourth reason I would like to see Jesus return is because I want to see the nations receive what they have been promised, namely peace, righteousness, and justice. What about it, fellas? Well, Dave, the Bible says that righteousness is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. It's an incredible promise. The the Bible talks about nations beating their swords into plowshares, the idea of no more war. Uh, We we can't comprehend that, really. We've never had anything to identify with in those terms. But that's what is going to happen when Jesus comes to rule. We're going to have a world so incredibly at peace. And think about it. How much you could put toward... uh, resources for people if we didn't have to develop armies and weapons we we could do so many things we would have we would be swimming in an ocean of abundance for the whole world if there was no such thing as war yeah just all of the money going into armaments yeah being put into let's say agricultural production yes there will be no homeless people no there'll be no hungry people Uh, There'll be no poor people during that uh, reign of Jesus Christ. The earth is going to be flooded with with prosperity, but also with peace, righteousness, and justice. Just think of that. We have a world in which none of those are characteristics. This is going to be a vindication for every peace officer and every soldier that has ever served, if you think about it very carefully. And you've been both, brother. Been both of them. And, you know, we can't bring this utopia. Uh, no government and no army can bring this. And all we're doing is we're trying to hold back the tide just a little bit, as much as we can, and it's actually a losing battle. Yeah. Until the day when Jesus taps us on the shoulder and he says, okay, guys, I've got it. Yeah. Awesome. You know, one of the things that uh, our parents used to remark, my parents have gone to be with the Lord, but they talked about a time when you didn't have to lock your doors at yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. That time is gone. I mean, if you don't lock your doors at night, you're just stupid. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that time's coming again. There will not, I don't think the, the people that manufacture locks are going to be in business anymore. There will be no locks in, needed because we will have righteousness flooding the earth. One other thing, it talks about justice. Uh, the world has never experienced true justice. Not at all. Uh, Christ's going to rule and reign, and the Bible says we will reign with him. 
you know, we, we have never experienced that. I mean, we have judges today that make rules and regulations that are totally contrary to God. Right. Uh, I want to be a part of a system uh, where God is ruling. Amen, brother. Well, folks, there's a fifth reason that I want to see Jesus return, and that's because I want to see, uh, see uh, Israel, Israel receive what they have been promised. Now, what about that? What are the you, promises? You know what I want to see? I want to see Arafat and the rest of those guys bow before Jesus Christ oh, wow. as Lord and Savior. And, and secondly, I want to see those same people admit that the Jews are the lawful recipients of the promises, the land promises uh, that God made to Abraham through Jacob. I want to see that. I want to see the expression on that man's face when he has to say, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I tell you, he's getting into that raging Cajun mood right now when he starts talking about Israel and the promises God's made to them. Uh, fellas, have, have all the promises to Israel been fulfilled? There have been so many promises that have not been fulfilled. You know, God has a great big to-do to do list. I yes. mean, there are a lot of things he has to do. Yes. If, if, Never thought of it that way. If the world should end suddenly, and we should be in that ethereal world that your church taught about, and, and there was no more millennium at all, then there would be a whole lot of things left unchecked on God's to-do list. And one of the big ones would be Israel. They have not come into that possession. They, they're not in that place of primacy. Uh, that has to happen before it's all wrapped up. I would say one other thing, uh, uh, Israel worshiping Jesus as the king. You know, they would truly honor him as king. He came in the first time riding a donkey. This time he's coming triumphant on a, on a white horse, and Israel will worship him as the true Messiah. You know, one of the uh, promises, the uh, statements about Israel in the millennium that I just love is found over in Zechariah. I think it's about chapter 9 where it says that, that the Jews will be so blessed yeah. by God during that time that when a Jew walks by, ten Gentiles will grab hold yes. of him and say, May we walk with you because yeah. we know that God is with you. Yes. The world's just going to be turned upside down in, ter in terms of what it is today where the Jew is the yeah, butt of jokes exactly. and, and persecution. The blessings of God will flow through Israel to all the world. Well, that brings Amen. us to a sixth reason that I would like to see Jesus return this year, and that's because I want you and me, the church, to receive what we have been promised. What are some of those promises, Phyllis? Well, you know, there is a promise in the Old Testament. It says, blessed are the meek. Uh, the, rather, it says the meek will inherit the earth and That's delight right. themselves right. in the abundance of peace. Then Jesus uh, basically rephrased it and said, blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. Well, he was talking to those that would follow him at that point, Jesus was. We're going to inherit the earth. We are going to, and, and Revelation talks about we're going to reign over the nations. Again, if the world just blew up and there was no more world, those promises would go unfulfilled. That's right. Uh, but they have to be fulfilled. So it, the time is coming when we, one of our promises is we're going to reign with Jesus. You over the chiggers and the rest of us over other things. <laughs> well, what are some of the other promises to the church that well, we have to look forward to? Well, I really wanted to zero in a little bit more on the reigning aspect because I'm looking forward to reigning with my Lord. Uh, I don't know what capacity I'm going to be with Christ. I may yeah. be a mayor, a governor of a state, uh, but I'm looking forward to reigning with him. Yeah. I want to be with my Christ, my Lord, to reign inside of his government. Amen. And Amen. not only that, but I, I'm kind of a, a physical kind of guy. I like the earth business. You know, uh, all this other stuff, the, the spiritual stuff, that's goodness. You important. wouldn't be a good hand. No, I wouldn't make it in Hinduism at all. I'd rebel. They'd kill me quickly, I'm sure. I want to see this earth redeemed. I, my background is, is fairly varied, but I spent time as a, as a farmer. I worked on a farm. I know what it is to hoe cotton and to pick cotton and do that kind of thing. I want to see, I want to be able to stand out there in a beautiful field and watch that thing grow and develop in, into the crop that God could make it into Amen. without having to Amen. fight daily 
uh, with the sweat of our brow, trying to make it happen. Well, I'm surprised that none of you have mentioned one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most when Jesus Christ when returns. You, you. A promise to the church, and that is a new body, Amen. a glorified, glorified body. Amen. I am convinced, Don, that you and I are going to have some hair in our glorified bodies. How about looking forward to it. But you know, really seriously, uh, uh, the Bible says the lame will walk, the blind will see, yes. the deaf will hear. I have a grandson who is mentally impaired, and I, I know that his mind will be set right, and I'll be able to sit down and talk with him, which I can't do today. Hey, that gets me excited about yes. the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are promises he's made to his church. And yes. you know what Jesus did in his earthly ministry when he healed the sick and that kind of thing was just a small part of what he's going to do during this time. And those people died later physically. That won't happen in the future. Yeah. And you know, even greater than the new body... For, will be the fact that in our new body, the sin nature will not be there oh, anymore. Amen. Yeah. You know, we get born again, we love Jesus, over. we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but still in the midst of your most spiritual times, yes. some ugly thought just pops out of nowhere. And yes. you think, where does that, that come from? <laughs> I hate to admit it, but yes. <laughs> but to think to be able to live and worship God without that sin nature, without all those things inside of you that you know are wrong, yes. even though you don't yield to them, you know, it's still, it's, I don't like having it around. I'll be glad when it's gone. Oh, to have the mind of Christ and a body that's ruled by the Holy Spirit instead Amen. of the flesh. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for that, brother? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> Any ready. other promises in the church that you want to mention? Has that got pretty well wrapped it up? You got it on there. Well, I, 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 I think it's all summed up in the word reign, R-E-I-G-N. We are going to reign right. with Christ. There's going to be, you know, people say, what's heaven going to be like or what's the millennium going to be like? Uh, well, we don't know all that's going to be involved, but we know there will be government, there will be authority, and we will be a part of it. Jesus will be the head and we'll be under him, working with him and working for him in his government. Yes. Well, gentlemen, we have exhausted our time for this program, but before we close out, I'd just like to ask you if you have any personal reasons you'd like to share about why you would like to see the Lord return this year. Well, first of all, uh, that I want to spend eternity with my Lord. I want to be reunited with my family. You know, those I have a grandfather who, who died years ago. Uh, Did you ever know him? I knew him, I knew him well, uh, and I loved him so much. Uh, he's born again, and he died. And I cannot wait to be reunited with him. So I want, I want Jesus to come back. Amen. Yes. <laughs> what about you guys? Go ahead, Don. Well, I, you know, I guess I'd have to split this up into two. You know, there, there's the practical thing, the, the serious side, and then there's an, another side that appeals to the little boy that's still in me. First and foremost, I want to see my dad uh, and my older brother and, and others who've gone on be before. You know, that makes, that makes the return of the Lord so much more precious today oh, than it was years ago. Yes. But secondly... I want to talk to Elijah. I want to talk to David. Amen. I want a private audience with those Amen. guys. I have some questions. Have you, got, have you got a list of questions? I'll tell you what. If, when, the, when the rapture occurs, I'm bringing my list. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll be wafted up together. But those are two guys that I really would like to talk to. And I, and I don't know how it's going to work. I just believe that the Lord will allow this kind of situation to develop. I, I'd like to. I've got a lot of questions for Paul. You know, Peter even said that Paul wrote yeah. things that were difficult yeah. to understand. Yeah. And, and I'd like to ask Paul a few questions about theology and some things that he wrote <laughs> yeah, that are right. very... Very difficult to understand. Yes. How about you, uh, Dennis? You know, Dave, as a, as a preacher, you and I and all these guys do do meetings. Uh, there's a lot of pressure involved with that. You you go out and there's and, and you, you want to do the best you can. And there's various things come up, and you you do the best you can. The the, the my most favorite aspect of a meeting is when it's over. <laughs> When God has done good work and you're, you're on the plane or driving the car home and you just sense, you know, you did pretty well 
and it's over, and the pressure's off. And I think that when Christ comes back, those of us that have labored in serving Christ, and, and every Christian that would be, is going to have that, <sighs> we made Sigh it. Relief. We're safe, yes. it's over, pressure's off. We can enjoy an eternity with him. Well, when I think of the Lord returning, I, th I think of two scriptures. Romans 8, verse 18, which says, The sufferings of this present time are not worthy Amen. to be compared yeah. to the glory that is yet to be revealed yeah. to us. Amen. And there are people suffering mightily. Yes. Suffering mightily from cancer and depression. And it says, whatever you're suffering, it is nothing compared to the glory yes. that is going to be revealed when Jesus returns. And the other one is over in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where Paul wrote, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has the mind of man even conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But the next verse says, those things have been revealed in God's word through his Holy Spirit. Yes. Boy, I can hardly wait to see the Lord come back yes. and be in his presence and see this earth redeemed and, and, and receive that glorified body. Yes. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? You know, folks, only a Christian can look death in the face and sneer at it with such words. And that's because our Savior, Jesus, has conquered death. And he has promised that those who put their faith in him will also overcome death. Here's how he put it in John eleven twenty five. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Dennis, tell our viewers how they can be assured of this promise of life everlasting. Certainly, Dave. Folks, all the religions of the world except Christianity teach that you must earn your salvation through good works. Only Christianity teaches that salvation through good works is impossible. Sinners cannot justify themselves to a perfect and holy God, but Jesus was sinless. He died in our place as an atonement for our sins. And all you have to do to receive that atonement is to place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that by praying a simple prayer, confessing to God you are a sinner, that you are sorry for your sins, and that you desire to receive Jesus as your Savior. Salvation is a free gift of God through faith in Jesus. It's not something that you can earn. And if you decide to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me urge you to seek a Bible-believing church where you can make a public confession of your faith in Jesus, submit yourself to water baptism, and start growing in the faith. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Again, I want to wish you a blessed new year in the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. The Christ and Prophecy Study Guide is one of the most popular and valuable publications that Dr. David Reagan has ever written, and it's filled with information and tools to help you understand Bible prophecy. This guide is used worldwide and is the product of over seven years of intense study by Dr. David Reagan. Using this guide will build your faith and strengthen your interest in Bible prophecy as you discover the 108 prophecies that foretold very specific facts about the birth and life of Jesus Christ. As you discover how faithful God was to keep His promises in the past, it will help you look forward with excitement to the fulfillment of over 500 prophecies about Jesus' second coming. Clear, logical charts and illustrations like this one about the Jewish feasts make learning the facts and meaning of the scriptures a joy. The Bible Prophecy Study Guide also contains two tools that you will use over and over. The Topical Index allows you to find important scriptures related to every significant theme found in Scripture. And the Scripture Index will direct you to every page of the guide 
that pertains to the scripture that you are studying. And you can get your copy of the Christ and Prophecy Study Guide for a gift of $15 or more. Just call 1-800-225-7977. After spending just a few minutes at lamblion.com, you'll discover one of the best organized and most extensive Bible study websites in the world. Every day we receive feedback from people all over the globe who are blessed by the articles, TV programs, resources, and valuable links to other Christian ministries that can be found at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.